0: It's definitely the Detail Podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. All right, Paul?
1: Hey, Rob, you okay, mate?
0: Yeah, only a day since our last podcast. How was your, your day, David?
1: Yeah, yeah, not too bad. You're stalking me, aren't you, two <laughs> podcasts in two days? Yeah, a bit, I'm all right, mate. Very good, very good. Um, just just chilling out tonight, watching a bit of telly and that. So uh, I believe we've got a bit of news to talk about. So we're yeah, always happy to, to come on and, and do a show with you, Rob, and uh, talk so. but...
0: Yeah, out of the two, there's only one person worth stalking, and that's Paul Parkin. Also back on the
2: show. Welcome back, Packy. Cheers, cheers, boys. Yeah, a bit, bit, bit sudden and didn't expect it to come round so quickly. But yes... Uh... Yeah, interesting times we're in, so plenty to discuss. So, yeah, always happy to be here. Yeah, so the reason we have had
0: this uh, pop-up podcast is that the club and the council have provided a, a joint statement regarding the potential sale uh, of the uh, the A.J. Bell uh, Stadium
2: parking. A bit of a shock, really. What did do, what do you, you make of it? Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a tricky thing to try and get your head around. The statement itself is, it, it's vague, but it, it clears up the fact that there is you know we we've known for a few a few weeks nowadays or whatever the rumors knocking about about certain sporting organizations wanting to to buy the stadium and where does that put us and i think I think it was a good way of trying to stop that you know yes there is there are you know conversations going on and uh, and from what the council have said is that you know it's yes we people have have spoke to us there's nothing official as such it's it's's been approached, but there's nothing sort of written down there's no paperwork or anything like that as far as we're aware. Um, and, that, you know, they're, they're going to try and, you know, try the best, if, if anything does happen, if they do sell the stadium, that that we're well looked after. And that, that's what I can read into it. It's obviously, it's concerning as a, as a club, as an entity, as we are. But at, at the same point, you know, we, we don't own the stadium. It's not ours as such. And, uh, you know, if someone else is coming in to pay pay the money for it, then we, we've just got to be, be hopeful that either we can get, you know, something in as a bid and get part of the stadium ourselves, or, or they're just going to be, you know, generous landlords to us. That's that's, you know, probably the best we can look for. But as it stands, you know, nothing's actually happened yet. So uh, it's uh, it, it was just good that the council and the club have come out and and actually, you know, acknowledged that it's happening and put people at ease a little bit. I think.
0: Yeah, I think obviously we we all wanted a, something solid to to hold on to, and this is what we've got uh, now, Paul. Uh, it's Peter Openshaw from, from the council. He's, he's come out and his half of the, of the statement kind of kind of tells us that there hasn't been a decision made regarding whether they're going to sell the stadium or not. He can he can confirm that Coscos, which is the stadium company, which is I've, I've received an approach uh, for the stadium. I've decided what to do with it yet. Um, they've also kind of said that Salford have, have kind of uh, can obviously make a bid themselves, uh, which which is good. Um, but we'll be able to see what happens in the next few weeks. Yeah,
1: I think with we, we solving making a bid, it'd be difficult because we've not got anybody with the financial clout backing us, have we, to, to, to make a bid. So that'd be, be probably difficult, really. Um, but it's, it's, I think there's always going to be stuff like this happens. Where, when you don't own your own stadium and you're just a tenant somewhere, there's always going to be somebody... With an agenda, or somebody a bit bigger than you wants to push it about and and, and take over. That's what that's how life seems to go now. And you know, our um, neighbours who share it with us, Sale Sharks, seem to, you know, got ideas above the stations. I think I think they got their knockback, back, didn't they, for a, for a stadium back over where you know where they they should play in, in Sale or wherever, Trafford or wherever it is. Um, so you know, I think they're throwing their weight about there. They've got a bit of money behind them, haven't they, or, or a backer? So. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one, and you know, there's obviously the rumours about Salford City Football as well, and uh, I don't, I'm not really sure what happens there. But yeah, it is a worry. Like Parkie said, it is a bit of a worry. But we have just got to hope that the, the council look after us and, uh, and we get something out of it, and, and you know, we get to, to, to stay at the stadium where, where we play because we've made that stadium our home now. We've been there for what nearly nearly ten years, so um, you know, we, we need to stay there.
0: Yeah, it does say that the council will uh, seek reassurances for us uh, for the for the stadium if if we are involved in the sale of the uh, the stadium. Hopefully, keeps a, a roof above our head, Parker. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's an open statement. We, we, it's kind of what us fans need. At least we all know
2: where where we stand at uh, the council side.
0: Yeah, I mean
2: the council have obviously had our back throughout the the sort of like pause of the ten years or whatever we've been there, and it's you know because it's been a struggle for us. We've had various financial issues and and. Uh, I don't know the truth behind them, but sometimes may have. And you think that, I mean, the council have put so much effort into to keeping the stadium running and, and helping everybody out. that uh, They'd want the best for it. You know, they, they ploughed all the investment, a lot of investment in to start with. Um, so, and, and the money they've put, you know, or helped with with Salford in the past, you'd think they'd want the best for us. Uh, and I, I'm sure they do. Uh, on the other hand, you can see why they, they'd even consider it uh you know the cuts that that all councils have faced over the last you know 10 years or whatever um that money's if if a bidder came in and it was too good to refuse you know that that could go back into into the council's coffers you know to social care and, and whatever else and that that'd be welcomed by the you know many residents so they're, they're in a you know they're in a t- tough situation really did they take the the money and and run and they could you know they could drop us but it, from from that statement you know, it looks like they're, they're going to try and fight our corner for us, as long uh, uh, along with, you know, Paul King and, and the rest of the guys at the club. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just you hear the names linked, obviously Sale being being the main one, and they do have the cash behind them. Uh, like you say, with the, the stadium that they went for in in Trafford being being turned turned down, they need somewhere, you know, permanent to to, to plant the roots for for good now. Um, and Salford City are obviously, you know, they've been mentioned as well. Hugely ambitious people at the club. Uh, you know, you see where they've come from over the last five or six years. I mean, it's completely different to the days when I went and there was forty or fifty people there on a Tuesday night. It's, uh, it's a big, uh, it's a big difference now. And that, you know, if they do manage to get up another another league, they'll probably need a, a bigger venue, more corporate space, that kind of thing. So, you know, you can see where the threats are, or all these these proposals come from, but. We've just got to hope for the best now, and you know it's nice that the club and, and the council have come out with something, and you know they they could have left it, and then the rumours keep going, and it gets worse. At least they've they acknowledged that it's happening, and uh, you know we just have to wait and see now.
0: Yeah, it's strong leadership. That's what that, that is, Parker Paul King. On his start, his half of the of the statement confirmed the club were aware of the provo- proposed uh, purchase of the stadium. Uh, he did say that the the current. Tenancy wasn't sustainable for the club, and he was hoping for a sort of new deal going forward, which is which is important, I think, Paul, because obviously we he wants the club to be you know a well run club, and if if the bills are too high and there isn't any give, uh, then it becomes a big problem.
1: It does. It does. Sometimes in sport and in life, you've got to cut your, your cloth accordingly, haven't you? And whether that's, it, it's hard at the moment because we, we spoke about it on the podcast, didn't we, about crowds and things like that. It's difficult because no, there's no, not a lot of money coming in, and you can't really gauge, you know, what it's going to be like in, in the future. But let's hope when crowds do come back, people get behind Sol, because I've seen the statement before. People have used it saying, you know, get behind your rugby league club because it might not be there forever. You know, so people, you know, you, you have this sentiment to solve for, it and say, "Oh, I used to go in the seventies, and I used to do this." And the other, well, go now because it might not be there forever if you don't look after it and don't nurture it because you know it needs funding. You know, it's all right, you know, going to a cup final or a grand final and what have you, but you need to be there all the time and you know look after your club because uh, you know money talks these days, doesn't it? And there's there's not a lot of room for sentiment now in in modern life. So, uh, so yeah, but it, it's it's a worry that statement, but in, in a way. It is a worry, but I, you know, I'm glad we've got Paul King behind us and, and, and Ian Bleas and, and Paul Train and the other guys at the club who do a great job. And, and the council seem like they're going to help us out as well. And, and if they do, and the truth of the word, I, I think we'll be okay.
0: Yeah, I think the important part, the big part of the statement for me was the bit where he says, basically, if a a buyer does come in and purchase a stadium, if anything changes and and the rent goes up, uh, that would be sort of devastating for the club. And that kind of puts uh, sort of a a, a line in the sand for everyone to know that you know we're able to function at this level. If it's all about making money, you count us out, Parker.
2: Yeah, and obviously... After the uh, the recent news a few weeks ago about us having, coming to an agreement with the catering uh, guys at, at the stadium, where we'll get a little bit of revenue off of everything we, we you know we, we sell on a match day, which is the first time we've managed to get to that point. It seems, you know, you've come this far and now. Paul King's obviously thinking, well, if we can get fans back in the stadium, we can make a bit of money off this. This you know this this amount that we pay out now or whatever is we, we're okay at that. But then, he, if somebody else comes in and says, "Right, well, this is going to be your rent now. This is what you've got to pay," or, or, or that's it. You know, all that money that we might have made is, is then gone, uh, and we've got to stay competitive. Um, so that, that's a worry. But Paul, I, I know Paul King, as a, a you know an individual, he's, he, he's very passionate about solving. He's done an unbelievable job, and uh, he, he'll fight you know tooth and nail to make sure that we get we get the best deal and. The, the main thing is we stay in Salford no matter what happens. um i think that's that's the key whether it's this you know this stadium or, or whatever but uh I, I i we won't give up Easley and as it is at the moment we've got we've got nothing in concrete to worry about it's just a case of you know wait and see now and and hopefully i know i know the club will keep us informed as as they are uh, but obviously only being tenants we're not you know we're probably not in the loop as such So we have just got to rely on the council now
0: yeah, obviously looking forward into the future uh, crystal ball style, Paul. Options are, stay at the AJ Bell, buy it, rent it. You know, they're, they're the kind of two options that we've we, we, that we've got, really. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, so I suppose it all depends on, on finances and things like that, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know, I'm not really a money man, Rob, I'm a rugby league man, so you're probably the wrong person to ask about that. But it depends going forward, doesn't it, what happens to the club and, where the crowds go, where of success you have on the field and how things how things go, it is very much a case of watch this space and, and it's going to be a, a worry for people. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure it will be all right. There's other clubs that are in a lot worse positions than, than we are. You know, our local neighbours, Swinton, have sort of been nomadic and gone from ground to ground and things like that. I think the big key is for me, and Parky nailed it there, the club needs to stay in Salford. You know, whether been playing at the AJ Bell or wherever, you've got to stay in the, in the city of Salford. As soon as you move out of the city... That, that's when you, you start having problems and that's when the club can sort of sort of die on its feet. So uh, let's hope we stay in Salford, whatever happens.
0: Yeah, Paul King talks about new terms He was trying, he's trying to negotiate. I think that's going to be a, a key point in that in that option, uh, staying in the AJ Bell Stadium. Other options, parker, possibly moving to, to a more lane or Palencia Stadium, uh, the home of uh, Salford City, for 5,000 capacity, not much parking around there, but he's still in Salford.
2: Yeah, as a as kind of a, really don't want it to, to to even come to that or even think about it. But as a last resort, yeah, probably. I mean, it's it's big enough for the crowds we get. We know that. Um, but if you ever want to be, you know, bigger, you've got to think big. Um, and the parking, as you say, is, is an absolute nightmare. I, I say I've been over many years a, a frequent visitor to Moor Lane, and it, it's never got any better. The transport, I mean, people think it's bad getting to the AJ Bell at times. Um, yeah, it's, it's not easy to get up to Moor Lane. Um, and again, there's not, you know, there's not much round there either in terms of, you know, if you want to go for a, a drink or something to eat before the game, you probably had off to, you know, Presswich or something. So it's not, that wouldn't be ideal. Um, uh, but it is still obviously in Salford. So I, I suppose it would be an option other than that. I, I really, I, you know, it, I, it would, it scares me to think, um, so it is important that we come to these terms, and and hopefully, depending on who who comes in, I mean, if it is, I mean, either at Sale or Salford or FC or, or both, or whatever, they're actually winter sports, and the main way to make money out of the, the the stadium is to have it working, you know, virtually fifty-two weeks a year, and uh, and we would offer that option being being the summer sport. so maybe that puts us in a bit of a you know a more privileged position in some way that we can offer. Finance to the stadium and, and, and it being used all year round. That's, you know, that's what we've got to hope for. Yeah, obviously, we, we don't know whether Solver City are behind the bid,
0: uh, but we do know that, obviously, if they want to compete and go into the Premier League and the First Division, they might need a bigger ground. So you're kind of wondering, you know, where they're going to get this bigger round if it's not in uh, the AJ Bell Stadium park here.
2: Yeah, and, and the key, I mean, the thing is with the A.J. Bell, it was built that way, is that it can be developed to be bigger, you know, no matter what happens. I mean, it's, it's very unlikely we, we as a rugby league club, are going to need more than that. I think Sale probably are at their their peak at the moment because, you know, they're quite a successful side and, they, they, you know, let's, they don't obviously pack the place out as such. They do get obviously better and healthier crowds than we do, but... Uh, and Saltford City are probably you know a long way off their crowds at the moment. I, I probably what two and a half, three thousand. Um, but then you know, if you do go up the league, you meet sort of bigger clubs, big travelling support, that kind of thing. You will need bigger, bigger, you know, a bigger facility. So um, yeah, it's, it's all very interesting. All the options that are out there, but um, I say it's just a case of wait and see. Now let's not panic and let's you know let, let's just hope that we as fans, the the club. And and the players can just focus on getting on that pitch at the AJ Bell, especially starting this weekend, and uh, and just get on with the rugby side of things, and and let's hope everything else can sort itself out. Yeah, other options, Paul. Uh, Swinton
0: Lions, their potential ground at Agecroft. Obviously, council involved in this negotiation might think about that. Possibly us sharing with Swinton. A Quick build of that might be a might be an option.
1: Mm, that's not far from Moor Lane, is it? Really, it's only down the hill.
3: Mm. Uh,
1: they tried, it's not far, so that that again, it'd be be struggle for for Parker. I'm not so too sure how that's gone on. Uh, it's gone quiet that that sort of thing, hasn't it? So I don't know. You, you you're looking quite a bit in the future here, aren't you? And I mean. With all due respect to Salford City football, I mean, is that gonna take off? Are they gonna go up through the leagues? I mean, they get two and a half thousand watching them now, but there's an awful lot of football in the area, you know, City United, all the other local clubs, are they all of a sudden gonna start getting ten thousand? I'm not sure they might not even get promoted, you know. You can throw an awful lot of money at stuff sometimes and they might never get up to the championship. You know, the Premier League—you don't know. So I'm not worried about them. I'm not worried about Say alive. All I'm worried about is our team and and what what we do. And look, we've got to make sure we keep getting things right on the pitch and with the people we've got running our club. Let, let's just look after ourselves, and, and the rest of it will just just look after itself.
0: Yeah. Do you think, obviously, Solverswinton, the Ground, Parker—you know—would league specific? You know, great facilities for all the amateur clubs. Maybe around there, possible.
2: Yeah, I, it it is. I mean, if you'd mentioned this to me sort of ten, you know, fifteen years ago, when we were going through the the planning of of getting the the, the stadium, and you know, even the one previous that uh, that John Wilkinson had uh, outlined, I'd have probably scoffed at the idea. Um, I'll be honest. I'd like to see Swinton back in Swinton. That that's an absolute guarantee. That that's something that the rugby league and uh, in the area needs, and it, it'd be great to get Swinton built up again and have you know, at least some kind of decent sort of rivalry with them in Derby, like I remember from you know what, 30, 40 years ago. Um but yeah, I mean it could if you could build the right facility, but again it's finding that space. That that's the thing with, with the city of Salford as a whole. There there isn't that much open space anymore that could be developed. You know, it's uh you're fighting with housing when that when that's uh, an issue, but also you know, we do have a bit of a green belt that we want to keep. Um, you know, people don't obviously, certainly not the first thing you think of when you think of Salford, but we we do. We have large areas of it, and we don't want to you know start messing with that either. So it's just finding that right bit of land if needed. But it, it, putting both teams together, you know, and, and adding facilities for for local, not just rugby league, but you know, local community together. That, I mean, fantastic idea. But again, like like Paul said, we we. Us and Swinton are a long way from from that situation yet, I think. I'm not sure where Swinton are up to, but uh, but I'd like to see them back in, in, in the city. And then, who knows, we, we might have to, uh, you know, bunk up together.
0: And then the Armageddon option, uh, Paul, is move out of Salford. Yeah, where
1: would you go? You move out of Good Salford, question. then you... I
0: don't know, really. Bury, maybe? You move out of so-
1: yeah, you move out of Salford and you lose your identity, don't you? Mm. And then you wind up changing your name and doesn't become Salford Rugby League Club anymore, does it? So, nah, I don't think that works. Not many sides that have been nomads are carrying on. I mean, Swinton are a good example of it. They went to Berry, didn't they? To Gig Lane for a while and they was at Moor Lane. I think they played at Sedgley Park and they played all over the show, aren't they? And it doesn't do you any good. And I think, you know, credit to them. They seem to have made the, a, a, a home now at Haywood Road, and they've been there a couple of years in sale, and they seem to be getting, you know, a bit of an upward curve in the crowds, don't they, and building it again. So they've settled down, but I think if you keep moving about all the time, it doesn't do you any good, does it? So, uh, so no, that like you say, that would be Armageddon if something like that happens. So uh, we had enough of that a few years ago, didn't we? we were talking about the changes to Manchester, so you can uh, sort off. We don't want that again
0: no we don't we don't want that parking, do we really that would be the uh, you know the the final kind of uh, option in when all other options are unavailable
2: yeah not I, I wouldn't even want that as a temporary a temporary thing like Paul mentioned, you know the whole manchester thing that cropped up a few years back was uh you know it, it I, I don't think we all knew how close we we could have been to that and none of us wanted that um I, I, you know you say about people moving out of the area i mean sale of Somehow managed to, you know, to, to move about a bit and survive and, and actually prosper in many ways. But I, I don't. I think that's yeah, they've got a monopoly over over rugby union followers in in the northwest. Really, it's not. You know, they're the only Premiership team from this area, and um, I'm, you know, easily the biggest the biggest club in the northwest in terms of rugby union. So maybe it's worth them. Obviously, they've been to Stockport and, and here in Salford and, and wherever else they've played. Um, but it, it, no, we don't want that. We 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 need to. To, to negotiate the best deal we can now, and and you know stick stick to the AJ Bell because, like Paul said earlier, it's it's now our home, and uh, you know we've got to make it feel that way. Uh, and moving away again to another ground, it'd take another you know ten years to feel anything like it's yours. So, no, we let's just hope we can get the the, the right deal and uh, and stay there. And at the end of the day, as it stands at the moment, nothing nothing's happened, and nothing you know it may not happen. And uh, they, we, we could be, you know, worrying slightly unnecessarily. So um, yeah, we'll we'll just see what happens in the future. Now, yeah, but if things do happen, we've got the tools now.
0: We've got the leaders in the right place to 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 get what we need to get, here. That's the important thing. Last time around, a bit worried that, that we wouldn't be able to, you know, be, we had to fight our corner. But with Paul King and Ian Blees and Paul Trainer, uh, we, we've got people there with the club at heart, and, and they know uh, they'll fight tooth and nail for us.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I know previously, obviously, John Wilkinson had a had a, a great sort of relationship with the the, the council, um, but he built up over many years, and then it seems to get a bit fractured. Um, initially when we moved, there was a lot of you know debate that we weren't given, you know, the right access to the stadium, we couldn't do this, you know, or whatever. But I think I think the council came came around to thinking that you know he's not quite fighting against it. We all want the same thing. Um and obviously we'd like to say, I mean, Paul King will will, will stand up for us and, and hopefully still people on the within the council will 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 stand up for us and, and nobody I I honestly don't believe anybody in, in any party, whether it be the council, Sale, uh at Salford City, whatever, whoever's involved, uh wants to see Salford Rubeli go out of existence or or suffer in any way and probably would only want the want the best for him. Um, you know, we we're talking what, 140, 150 years of of history and, and and you know the people of Salford's lives, you know families. Um, so I don't think anyone wants that. And 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 in many ways, I mean, especially if it, it, to somebody like Salford Sitter, it could harm them. You know, in terms of they kick us out, and you think, well, why would I want to go? You know, why would I want to support you in, in that way? I don't think they're the, they're the main kind of issue in this. But I mean, it'd be nice if we could all just work together. Whoever takes over the stadium. Um, but yeah, Paul King's definitely the definitely the right man to to have there. He'll uh, he'll he'll keep fighting for us, and um, I'm sure in the end we'll we'll all be we'll all be happy.
0: Yeah. So uh, obviously that's all we've we've got on that topic because obviously we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens in in the next uh, few sort of few weeks and, and months to come uh, and see how that story evolves. Next bit. We've got witness in the cup on Saturday. I spoke to Richard Marshall in the pre-match press conference and this we had to say.
3: Coach's Corner. All
0: right, Rick, it's Rob. Hiya, Rob. Yeah, start of the cup campaign uh, this week. You're looking forward to it. And uh, what does the cup mean to you?
3: Yeah, it's it's probably come at the right time, really, for us. Um, So... Take an eye off the Super League competition week in, week out, and we can look at look at a different competition and, and, and probably have a different approach and mentality towards that. We know that we, we we don't want to get out enthused by witness who are a quality Championship team. Uh, we want to go toe for toe, and you know, and, and do everything that we that we've spoke about. Um, my experience with the Challenge Cup. I've I was mean, an assistant at Warrington. We managed to get to, to, to three Challenge Cup finals and, and, and do really well in that competition. Um, but that's a long time ago now, and I'm at a different club and a different role and different position, and the challenges are all different. Um, but yeah, that I do, I, I do, I've got fond memories of the Challenge Cup and, and going down to Wembley, and certainly when crowds were around and and, and, and a packed Wembley, uh, there's there's there no better sight in rugby league, in my opinion.
0: Uh, is this an opportunity to to find some form or is it an opportunity to roll
3: take your team uh we're going to get the balance right we've got to get the balance right of 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 finding our form and keeping the players in who who need to improve and need to play better but also challenging our 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 players who are outside of the 17 each and every week uh so we'll get the balance right it, you know it won't be the same team as last week because we've had a few injuries the fallout of last week will dictate what we do this week um but i reckon it's more about getting our form uh, than, than, than making wholesale changes that won't be the case we need to we need to find our rhythm as a team
0: how's the injury list looking is it is it getting bigger
3: yeah unfortunately it is we we've got a quite a small you know well not 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 too small we've got a couple uh, our squad, yeah, it's not the biggest, but at the same time, it's quality. Um, but yeah, losing Dan Sanderson is a big blow uh, for 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 a month. Obviously, get kept getting a ban uh, within that. Um, yeah, and we've got a couple we knocked. Obviously, we mentioned Elijah Taylor as well, and there's a couple there we knocked. Some if they've got anything that where we feel it's going to be worse for them to play, they won't play this week. And there's probably several players in that bracket at the moment.
0: With uh, with Kevin Brown being banned, um what's the what's the options? Who do you think's gonna replace him or have you not decided yet? Uh
3: we've got a couple of options there. Deck pattern, um Chris Atkin, uh Harvey Lavette can play can play in that position as well. So we've got a couple of options there that we're looking at. Um Danny Addy, if, if he was available. Obviously, he's still injured, Danny. It's probably gonna be at least another week. But he could play halfback. So uh, we've got a couple of options there to look at. Yeah. It's a shame for Kev because he was he, he's you know he's playing pretty well and he's enjoying his rugby at the moment. Um and we'll, and we'll miss his leadership in and around the group.
0: Will the uh, preparation be any different uh, this week? Because it's a cup game and weird favourites.
3: No, no different. No different to uh if we were playing Widness, West Wales, Wigan, doesn't matter. Uh, our preparation is off the back of last week. Um and, and making sure that we uh, we progress into the next round, it'll be difficult. Uh, you know, we, we're obviously not hit hit our straps yet. Um, and probably a witness would say that they probably haven't either. Um, but I know they've got some danger. There's some players there who've played a lot of Super League games, so we have to be uh, be really on it this week.
0: Yeah, Callum Watkins and Dan Sandron were picked for the England squad uh, this <coughs> week. Who do you think is going to be next knocking on that door?
3: Yeah, great accolade for, for them individuals. Um, we, we, we mentioned obviously Lee Mossop's got ambitions to get back into the England set up. He's certainly nowhere near finished, in my opinion, in, in, in that regard. He's, it's been a really good leader, uh, and a really vocal figure in and around the squad. Uh, let's hope he can, um, he can play himself into, in, in, into, uh, into Sean Wayne's squad. Um, there's a couple of other players there I don't want to put them under any pressure but I've got my eye on a couple of players there who I think could do as well um, and could push in there but we've got to be playing well we've got to be in the, you know, the top half of the table and playing really well week in, week out otherwise obviously we won't get looked at
0: So that was Richard Marshall uh, Paul, talking to myself looking forward to the uh, the witness game and, he, and he's quite excited about the Cup he's talked about his uh, his time at Warrington and how they got to the Cup final and he he, he rakes the, the Cup as a big thing
1: yeah, well, I think, I think anybody does, any coach will do now in rugby league. It's a, it's a massive thing, the Challenge Cup, isn't it? Not everybody in Super has got a chance to get into that grand final. I mean, we proved it a few years ago, didn't we? But it's tough, you know, to, to get to a grand final, and you better be. You know, spot on all the season. I mean, you challenge cup, you can get a bit of a run together, can't you? And uh, and get to Wembley, you know. And it's not it's not that many games either. Is it? You, you beat Witness on uh, on Saturday. You're in the last eight, then the quarterfinals, and you know who could you get in that draw? You get another home tie, and then you're through to the semis, and it's anybody's business. So it's, it's exciting stuff isn't it. There's so much history and nostalgia in the competition. So many great players, so many great matches, and so many memories of, of, of Wembley and. Great cup finals, and that it's, it's, it's a fantastic tournament, the Challenge Cup. And it's the, that, that excitement every year I mean, it gets me every year, and I'm sure it does you guys as well. And Richard Marshall obviously has fond memories, of, you know, being involved at Warrington. They've tasted success, haven't they? They've been to Wembley on numerous occasions over the last sort of 10, 10 12, 15 years or so. So, uh, so yeah, I bet he's looking forward to it, especially after a. A bit of a tricky start in the league as well. It's nice to put that sort of queue on the rack for, for for a week and and have a go at the Challenge Cup. It's a, it's a break, freshens things up. Some new players could come in, and it could get us a bit of confidence as well because that's something we're lacking at the moment. So, uh, you know, a good a good victory on on Saturday could give us that confidence, and then to go forward in the, the league.
0: Yeah, he talks about the balance of the team, Parky, and because obviously we've got a few injuries, opportunity for people to come in, Kevin Brown being suspended, opportunity for Deck Patton, or Chris Atkins come in
2: and, and, and work the magic. Yeah, it was interesting he said that. He's obviously looking to try and get a bit of consistency in the squad. Obviously, some changes have had to be made, you know, Sarge and Taylor and obviously and Brown being suspended. Um but he wants to keep the, the the kind of hub of the team together to to work together to get that cohesion we're going to need going forward. And as I said uh, on on uh, last night's podcast, this is this is a perfect chance, and I think he'll see it that way um, to build build them patterns of of play that we need that, that just haven't worked so far. The first couple of games of the season, and it's not easy to put sort of practice on, onto a pitch in the first you know the opening couple of games. We'd only had one friendly before that. So this, this is the week and I'm sure, sure, you know, Richie looks at it that way and, and it's interesting to see his 21-man squad that a lot of names are on there that we haven't seen yet through um, whatever reason, fitness or, or whatever, which is, which is great. Um, and these players will be looking to take their chance. I mean, you know, like say, Dick Patton or, or Chris Atkin, uh, both would be fighting for, for you know, that, that half-back position where Brown is. One of them has an absolute blinder this week who's to say Brown comes back into the team? You know, that's, that's the competition we wanted and we've asked for and cried out for for years. Uh, and it's there. And this is the game that these lads get to prove it. And I just hope we do get to see some of the other guys, the, the, the you know, the newer signings that, that, that have joined us locally and, and Lossick and people like that. Um, and see, you know, Ollie Roberts back in the squad and Greenwood or whatever, just, just to get them out there and, and get them running. Morgan Esqueray has been listed. I hope he, you know, desperately hope he plays. Um, and this will build, this chance to build confidence and, and Richard can see what he's actually got in his squad because there's very few chances in a season you can get to sort of say, I'll make this change for this, you know, and it, it, in a Super League game, you, you're risking a lot. Um, so, yeah, it, it's good. I'm glad he's gone, you know, he's going strong on it and he, he obviously sees the Cup as a as a big a big thing and I'm sure the, the team spoke about it at the start of the year that, you know, we tasted it last year, sadly, without fans and without winning the trophy. Let's, you know, the, the key players like Moose and people like that will be saying, we can do this again. And, you know, fingers crossed, we we get through this first hurdle. Yeah, talking about Limos, so he does say that he thinks uh,
0: he's got a future at international level. He's got the opportunity to sort of uh, convince um, England he's, he's good enough to get in that squad. I asked him if he's got any other soft players he thinks will could break into the international uh, arena. Paul, and he wasn't getting drawn on it, which, which is totally fine. Looking at our squad, we've got a good... I've got a few good England, possible internationals, Declan Patton, Chris Atkin, possibly they're uh, kind of two players that if they, if they hit farm, uh, could really make international level.
1: Yeah. To be honest, I'm not surprised. He's not really going to get drawn on a question like it, Cause it's, it's difficult. The coaches don't like to, um, to single players out really do and and, and praise individual players it's it's all about a team thing isn't it really and any player can, can, can get in that contention if they play well you've got to do well throughout the season and put yourself up there and you know, show people, haven't I mean, you? There's enough ch- chances now. They, a lot of games are on the television, aren't they? And you know, England coach Sean Wayne will be watching, so you can perform well at a consistent level and that, and you'll you'll get spotted. You know, look at you know, I know Christian Inu is not English, but look how well he played in the back end of last season. And he got into that dream team. People do notice, people sit up and notice when players are playing well, particularly at a club like Salford. So, so yeah, there is players in that, that side with potential. You know, Park, you mentioned it last night. I mean, I totally forgot about Joe Burgess. You know, you forget that he's, he's still at our squad and he's another player that could, could quite easily get into contention if he can come back from injury and, and play well so and there's other names as well so it'd be unfair for me to, to single people out and say that but but yeah I think anybody can get into that if you consistently play well
0: Yeah I think Richard Marshall, Parker obviously will be chuffed to bits that uh, Dan Sarginson and uh, Callum Watkins have made the England squad kind of gives people on the outside potential targets for next year they see these players playing for England and getting in that squad. They know they can come to Salford and, you know, still get a shot at international
2: level, which is only be good for, for them and the club. Yeah, I think, I think uh, Richard mentioned it there in the, in the interview about, um, you know, you've got to be sort of upper, you know, mid table, whatever, contesting games every week and you will get, you know, you will get noticed if, if you're down at the bottom, you can easily get overlooked. And that, that encourages players obviously to, you know, to, to do better. And and if you have got you know players there with that kind of potential where they think they should be an international, you know they, they they're gonna you know gonna work the the, the trip out, really to to try and uh, catch the eye of Sean Wayne or whoever it is you know whichever national uh, team you play for. Um, so yeah, there are certainly players there with you know the youth on the side and plenty of time. But um, I think players are attracted by that kind of thing, obviously you can probably take Wigan out of that uh, loop and Saints because their name themselves would, would attract the better players. But, you know, if you're you're off in negotiation with, with your club and you're thinking, you know, who's going places? Who's, you know, who looks? I mean, you look at the England squad and you see, you, you know, it'd be great to see two, three, four Salford players in there. You, you'd go, well, hang on, there's something happening there. Something, you know, I can see a development. I've got my chance. I can, I can go and, and and hopefully, you know, get in that international squad. Um but as it is, you've got to perform week in, week out on the pitch to, to you know to catch the eye, and uh, that's you know that's the next step for us now for this season.
0: Yep. Yeah, so that's the end of this uh, pop up podcast, Paul. Quick in and out job uh, covering all the big points and the big news broke in the last twenty four hours.
1: It certainly was in and out like the SAS, mate, aren't we? <laughs> So uh, yeah, enjoyed it, mate. Good, good to speak about that, and I'm glad we've, uh, I'm glad we've debated that because it is a bit of a worry, isn't it? And it's, uh, you've, you've counselled me a bit there. I feel a bit better now. So uh, thank you.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's part of the the process, Parker. You know, we talk it through, and and then we get all straight in our heads, and then we can uh, we can go from
2: there. Absolutely, I think the message is, you know, don't worry, be happy. In many ways, you know, we we have got our rugby club still. We're in good hands, and uh, you know, we have got. We've got a max this weekend in the Challenge Cup. It doesn't get any better as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, yeah, let's not dwell on the on the bad times and uh, or what may be. And uh, let's just enjoy our team. Yeah, big fan you this week, sir. Devon the Detail
0: podcast, i Paxson. Rob Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devon the Detail, SRD. You find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact and Spotify. See you next week.